Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In the final minute, Bennett from the pocket. Launches to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. A.D. Mitchell. 50 for the win and a spot in the national championship game. It's on the way. No good. He hooked it. And Georgia is going to survive. At the stroke of midnight, the first few seconds of 2023. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. Happy, happy New Year, especially to you, Georgia fans. Uh, you, I mean, it was done in an exciting way last night at uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium. But we start the 7 o'clock hour by saying to you, good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a happy New Year to you folks in Stockbridge. Wonderful folks down in Stockbridge. Home of the Tigers. <laughs> I like the way you say that. The Tigers. And, and, um, and uh, Money Mike. Michael, oh Michael, really, Michael Harris? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, when you went to school, that's a school. When you said um, <laughs> Tigers, it reminded me today would have been Hank Greensburg, Hank Greenberg's birthday. Oh, and if you don't know who it is, speaking, one of, of, speaking of Tigers, yes, one of the one <laughs> any all time greats of the Detroit Tigers. Um, anyway, uh, as we get into the seven o'clock hour, we got you got us for another hour or so. We're going to turn things over to uh, Brian and Bo, who will have a lot to say about what happened last night. You, you know, these guys are going to be talking uh, fantasy football and getting you set for is Brian, Falcons. Is Brian, Brian going to have both eyes open? Well, we'll 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 find that out. Dude. Unfortunately, we won't be able to see him, but Eric will give us reports because Brian was in mix last night. Now he didn't have to get up like we had to get up, but he had to get up wherever he is and then drive into the city or drive into the station. So we will get a perspective from him about what it was like. But see, Brian, Brian's a professional. See, Brian's that dude you want. We talked about Garrett earlier, one of the dopey millennials. Garrett's that person who will be out in the mix. Brian's the designated driver. I, that's the way I see it. Don't you think? <laughs> Brian, we ain't going to see Brian sloppy drunk. No. no you know, he not, not he's responsible. That. We're not going to see Garrett. Well, Garrett's not, not no, responsible. No, not Garrett either. But Garrett, I think Garrett yeah. enjoys life more than Brian does. Is that fair? He's a little more curious. 
Oh, that's the way you're going to put it? You're <laughs> a little more, a little more curious. Ooh, where's this party going on around yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, let's doors see what's up with it. Up on the eighth floor. Let me see if I can find a way to get into this. Yeah, that's that's Garrett. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. But I think Brian, I think Brian knew his responsibilities today. He might have had a little something, something, but he, he got home and he's gonna and talk to you guys about it coming up at eight o'clock. So yeah. I'd be tuned. Actually, he's gonna talk about it with us during our last segment. But listen, we, we, we talked about this the last segment, uh, last hour, and we're going to talk about it uh, this hour for the most part. But we got D. Orlando Ledbetter uh, joining us coming up at 720. Going to talk Falcons and uh, getting set for today's game with Carolina. But D. Led's from Ohio. And curious to hear. Him, yeah, we are curious to hear what he has to say. Curious about, you know, I don't know that he felt like they even should be there because D. Led is, he's straight up. You know, he might feel like they didn't earn their way in, if, but. I don't know. We haven't had a chance to ask him that. So, but he, I'm sure he felt a certain kind of way about their presence. Listen, you can look at it. You can make an argument that Michigan and Ohio State season is a push. You right? could. You, you could. I, listen, they ended at the same level despite Michigan beating them at home. Ohio State this year, that is. Yep. But getting to the same level at the end of the season and then both of them going out the way they did. And actually, Ohio State putting up a bigger fight than, than, than Michigan did, even though they came back. But still, toward the end, TCU just shut that thing down. Again, getting back to Georgia and, and, and this game yesterday and the comeback. Sam, you are a, a, a better student of the history of this team than I am. But is there been anything close like this in the not-too-distant past the way they've won? Or do we got to go back to Vince Dooley days? We had some cliffhangers back then, too, but I think just the way this Georgia team has done things and the way they've gained momentum as the season goes. Remember, this is the defensive unit. They have a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, they did. Uh, and that's the thing a lot of people were expecting. You, you, this team just improved. The guys adopted into the adapted into those roles as the season went on, and even battling some, some injuries and whatnot to get back to where they are. And this team has a remarkable story. A lot, So much was, I think, expected. Last year, because you had so much experience on that defense, going back to when they played the Peach Bowl the year before against Cincinnati, and that defense really showed up big in that game. It carried over into last season. Is what we saw, a very veteran defensive unit. This one had to like come together. Some guys who hadn't had a lot of playing time had to assume those roles. And like most coaches say, and Kirby Smart said it too, there are no freshmen or sophomores anymore once you get down into November and December. Right. Right. You know, these guys aren't freshmen anymore, and they've had enough playing time. They had enough reps at practice each week. Uh, they are experienced veteran players, and that's, I think, what we saw, you know, show up and make some stops when they needed to all season long, and especially last night. Again, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 9290game, 9290game.com. We have talked, uh, you know, on all sides about this, excuse me, uh, game yesterday. Have we mentioned anything? Because the game ended with special teams. Have we talked that much about special teams? These guys are like good umpires <laughs> in, in, in a way, in that you do your job, you do it the right way, nobody notices you. You know, short of a, a, a run back. But, you know, they it seemed like that was a part of this program that just did its job. And you didn't hear you did, you didn't you weren't worried about anything. And you know this. That, and I, forgive me, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Their kicker. This guy is just um, um, Podesny. Um, how do you pronounce his last name? Podesny. Podesny. That's it. Uh, Podesny. Just you know, he was two for four, 
Yep. Longest 32. Extra points, he was uh, four for four. Ten points. And, and again, did his job. Just, again, you don't have any thoughts on, uh, you know, their special teams. We can go on, we can back to the defense and offense. Well, went, I was just you, curious you, you, about you, you, that. You, you went all three phases of your game. Do you get what you need from each one of those phases? And I think in a game like last night, everything, you know, every, it all comes together. Your offense gives you what they need. The defense makes a stop when you need to. And like you said, the special teams don't mess it up. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Because that's where you have your room for a bad snap, uh, for a bad punt or something like that, or a kick to get blocked. Those are always the intangibles. And so if you dot your I's and cross your T's with your special teams, you get what you, 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 get what you should get in, in the outcome of your game. I, I, guess what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is I didn't see anybody get swallowed up by the moment on the Bulldogs program. I mean, you could talk about some plays that should have went this way or that way, but overall, I didn't see what I saw in that Michigan TCU game. Because to me, that first half seemed like Michigan was overwhelmed by the moment, by being there. And the fact that they had a great run. I mean, they came out of the shoot, I don't know how long, 60, 70 yards, something like that. They brought it down, and they couldn't score. They could not get the ball over the goal line. And it seemed like after that run, they play back on their heels. I didn't see any of that from Georgia. And remember now, Georgia was down 21-7. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, so, so I mean, that's, that's the other thing is being down to that degree. We had some games early in the season where they had some difficulties going back to, to the Missouri game, right, where people say, well, they played down to the level of Missouri. Or Missouri just came, came out extra super inspired because they had Georgia at their place. A little bit of both, I, I suppose. They did what they had to do to get the win. But you had time to get ready for this game. And one thing that both coaches talked about, um, you know, and even a longer layoff for Ohio State because they didn't play in their conference championship game. Both teams had to fight um, this extended period of inactivity uh, coming into this game. You think about that. When you're a team and you're used to your routines and, you, you, you know, you do your things during the week, you get ready on Friday. You make your trip wherever the way you're going to play. You play your game, and you come back, and Monday you start all over again. Okay, well, now you disrupt that normal thing that you've been doing since since late August, right? Well, that's where coaching comes in. That's where those guys well, keep these, these players focused. We know absolutely, that. A- absolutely. Yeah. But, I'm gonna, but I'm just saying, that's, you know, eight, well, it says where the coaches earn, earn their cash. Right, <laughs> they earn their cash by keeping people ready to play. But you wondered if there would be any lingering rust or any ring link from the layoff, and, and maybe there was a little bit of that, you know, going into the game. And just the anticipation of it all—it's a big build-up um, all week long. You come to a bowl game, you want to have some of the fun things that the bowl people have. And we talked with Gary Stoken, you know, yesterday about the activities they had lined up for the players to enjoy. And then by midweek, things get, get get real serious. You get dialed in and just want to go play. I remember we talking with Stetson Bennett on Media Day. He says, you know what? Because that, that was on Thursday. He says, you know, I like doing this and everything, but you know what? In <laughs> 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 somewhere else I'd rather be. Yep. And he's just yep. being honest. He's just being honest. And so, to me, he echoes the sentiment of that team. They were ready to, to play the game and, and prepare. Yeah, they were doing what they had to do as far as the media goes, but they knew they had a bigger task at hand, and the leader of that team wanted to get down to it. And, and to your point you were talking about earlier about the rest and, and, and getting back, we spent a good, a good bit of the last hour talking about the conversation or taking it now to the next level because of Georgia's win about 
is Kirby and the Bulldogs now replacing Alabama and Nick Saban at the top of the food chain as far as the program in the country? And, you know, you heard all that last week. So we talked a little bit about it uh, that last hour. But it's the things that you just describe that bring you to that level. It's not just the wins. It's how you win. It's how you come back. And Georgia being down, as you said, 21-7, to they put 17 points up in that second quarter. All right, to bring things back. So not only did they get punched in the mouth in that first in that first half, early in that first half, going into the second quarter, but they shut then um, Ohio State down the rest of that second quarter and that third quarter, and then came back with eight. Now they didn't score any points in the third quarter, but then put up those eighteen in the fourth quarter. But still keeping Ohio State to just one touchdown in the second half. My point for saying that is those are the teams and that's the kind of win that you would see previous Alabama uh, teams do. Absolutely. And you talk about the comparison between the two. As he's taken pages from from King Nick, it's wins like this that remind you, oh, yeah, Saban used to win that way. Oh, yeah, Kirby's doing it now. And, you know, gets another national championship. The, the road is becoming paved for him to drive up to where Nick's house is, so to speak, and, and get there. How do you like that analogy? <laughs> drive up to Nick's house. I drive like up that. to Nick. He's still in the house, right? As we, we all agree, he's still there. It's still, it's, it's still his, you know, he's in, the, he's in the butler cabin there at the Masters. But Kirby's, you know, he's accumulating green jackets too. Yeah, so. he is. He is in, in his own way. Man, yeah. we got one more. we got one more win to get now. Like you said, we had a team that I won't say they're unknown quantity, we know very much about TCU, not just amazed and surprised that they're the team that would be there, but nevertheless, Georgia has to say it doesn't matter who it is. You know, right Absolutely, now, yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. It's all about them, you know, staying focused, staying sharp, and going out and, and winning one more game. Georgia is 14-0. and 0. They're 14-0 and 0 right now. And so um, I'm trying to think. That's probably that. – I'm sure that's the first time in, in the history of the program that they've ever been 14-0. and 0. This team is just – making history with, with each and every week and every game that they win, um, the records and, and the recognition this team is going to have and putting their footprint and their fingerprint on this program for years to come. You're raising the bar a little bit higher for the folks that are coming along, you know, as you do these type things. But let's see if they can get one more win. And if he, con- if he continues to win, they ain't going to wait for him to get seven because Nick Saban didn't get them rings in, a, in an era where there was a transfer portal. He just didn't do it. And that is that is a thing that is affecting programs. So you just can't poo-poo it. It's something for somebody to do. It's like you talk about in other sports where the rule changes and things that have applied. What happens with when this record was made is different than how guys are doing it now. And you could pick the sport. But across the board, the landscape is infinitely different than it was when some of these all-time greats were working. But at the end of the day, he's still got to get a little bit more hardware. But let's just concentrate on the next game, TCU. We're going to talk more about that. We're going to switch to the NFL next. Maybe talk a little Ohio State with D-Led. But D. Orlando Ledbetter is going to join us. Talking Falcons, talking NFL. It's Sam and Greg. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. This is a story of famous dogs. 
Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Apologize, Sam. I thought you were coming in and bringing, bringing our guests on here. Well, I could do that. As is. Well, go ahead, because I'm, I'm having a deal with a technical issue here. Go ahead. Go do it. Sam and Greg on this New Year's Day 2023. Glad to have you with us. And the music, hey, there's a theme music in the background. As always, when we have our guests to talk Falcons football with us, D. Orlando Ledbetter from AJC and AJC.com. D-Led, Happy New Year. Happy Bo- New Year, D-Led. Hey, Happy New Year, Greg and Sam. Thanks for having me this morning. Absolutely. We can't thank you enough for getting up early. You know, Sam and I, we had our hours uh, shifted around here a little bit, but, you know, we weren't sure that you'd be up, but we can't thank you. 7 o'clock hour. I think this is the earliest we've had D-Led on, Sam. I think so. I really do. But we appreciate him getting up and spending some time with us. And before we talk Falcons, Uh Uh-oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Your home folks been in town all week and – what you think about what you saw yesterday down at the bench? Yeah, great, uh, great game. Uh, go down as one of the, the best semifinals ever. Uh, Georgia outlasted the Buckeyes, who came down and uh, you know fought hard. You know, kick, you know, uh, great game. Both teams to be commended. Delay, we never did ask you though. Did you did you feel like Ohio State deserved a shot to be a part of the playoffs? Um, I don't get into, yeah, you know, yeah, they did. They were one of the best teams in the country. Um, okay. you know, had a bad outing at Michigan, you know, that defense just wasn't up to Ohio state standards. And I think we saw some of that, uh, yesterday, but clearly he had one of the best offenses and one of the best, uh, combinations in Stroud and Harrison, uh, in the nation. Spending time on the waitfor.com hotline this morning with D Orlando Ledbetter. He is social. You can find him on Twitter at D Orlando AJC at D Orlando AJC. We saw three great quarterbacks yesterday, D Led. I mean, you know, I, I know after we get through with this game next week, it'll be all about the combine and scouting and, and, and the draft and mock drafts. Talk about the three quarterbacks we saw. Well, the four quarterbacks we saw uh, yesterday um, for consideration for this upcoming draft. Yeah, uh, well, the, uh, Stroud certainly is uh, one of the top three in the draft. Um, uh, Bennett, I haven't seen him draftable, uh, uh, being draftable at 25. Um, but, you know, he keeps winning. Somebody's going to get him a shot and uh, get him into camp. Uh, Dugan, I uh, haven't seen him uh, up there, or McCarthy, um, as far as the NFL goes. You know, they'll be mid-round to late-round guys at best. Um, the big uh, quarterbacks are Bryce Young out of Alabama, Stroud from uh, Ohio State, and Will Levis from uh, Kentucky. And then uh, some people like the Richardson kid out of Florida. So those are the four that we are um, keying in uh, here early. And then we'll see what other guys fit as the pre-draft process goes on. Dear Orlando Ledbetter joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Happy New Year, everybody. Speaking of quarterbacks, we know the change has been made in Atlanta. Um, I don't know what kind of sample size that we expect to see from from uh, Desmond, but still, was this made at the right time, a little too late? Maybe, you know, was needed. Obviously, Mariota was struggling throughout this year. But this, what we see of Desmond Ritter won't propel the Falcons, and this is a question that Sam and I were bantering back and forth, to look at some of these quarterbacks you just named coming into the draft. Or they're going to hang their hat on Desmond and, and watch his growth. Yeah, you know, they're going to get um, – they've got 145 plays, and so far they like what they see. They're going to probably get another 70 today and then another 70 next week. You know, they'll be right at 300 plays for him. 
And at that point, you do have enough sample size, according to, uh, uh, you know, some of the old coaches that we've talked to, including uh, Charlie White said that on his show. But, yeah, 300 plays would be a good sample size. You've you've seen him in uh, some critical situations, and you'll be able to see how he performs. And that will give you enough information to to, uh, move forward, whether you're going to be in the quarterback market or not. I think he's going to stay in the quarterback market, even even uh, you know even if he looks like Joe Montana the last two games. So uh, <laughs> quarterback market, and you know still drafting the best player available. Spend the time on the waitfor.com hotline this morning with D. Orlando Ledbetter, AJC keeps an eye on all things uh, NFL, but especially our Atlanta Falcons, who are home today against the Arizona Cardinals. My goodness, um, the Falcons are favored in this game. Um, talk about what happened to this Cardinals team coming in. I mean, because when the season began, they were considered one of the teams to watch. Yeah, it's just a hot mess out there. Kyler Murray started with his contract and the clause that, hey, you got to study. <laughs> uh, and it just kind of went downhill from there. Uh, the GM, Steve Kahn, stepped away from the team. Uh, they're probably going to move in a different direction here. But uh, Kyler Murray's going to still be there because he just signed the contract. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing. Uh, Buda Baker's hurt. Uh, J.J. Watt's going to keep playing, uh, you know, the rest of the season, then retire. So, yeah, Carol, um, the uh, Arizona Cardinals are having a really, really rough season under Cliff Kingsbury, who, um, you know, a lot of people believe that the NFL caught up to his high school air raid, fake air raid offense. And, uh, you know, frustrated Murray and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, just didn't think going downhill out there in the desert. When we started this season, two of the positions that we talked about because we wondered what we were going to see was running back and uh, wideouts. And I'm going to tell you what, I couldn't be more happy with what I'm seeing from Drake London. Also, Tyler running that ball back there. It just a, a pound uh, the way he is pounding it between the tackles and throwing some speed, I, I, I'm really enjoying. How do you feel about those two? Yeah, yeah, I was talking with Coach this week. He said, hey, what do you think of Tyler? I was like, yeah, I was worried. He said, did you think he was going to do this? And I was like, no, I didn't. I was worried about the speed, um, you know, and he doesn't have the, the elite speed. That's why he lasted to the fifth round. But uh, I told him that I really enjoyed the way he finishes his runs, Greg. Yeah. He doesn't. He's always going forward, getting that little extra leaky yardage, and uh, you know that's good. So they found a running back. Uh, Drake London can definitely. You saw early on when teams were taking away picks that he was going to be fine if you could just get him the ball. And uh, Mariota, that's the one thing he has been able to do is get him the ball. Twenty of his fifty-nine passes have gone to uh, Drake London. Now Drake's got to take care of the ball a little bit better, but. Uh, that's a minor thing in the grand uh, picture of developing players. You just talked about those guys on offense. Talk a little bit about this line because we felt like that was going to be, a, you know, just a dumpster fire going into the season. And they've proven they can run block and, and be quite formidable. Um, so, I mean, I tip the cap to, to those guys and what they've been able to do this season too. Yes, no question about it. You have the uh, elite. That's the elite part of the team right now is the rushing attack. They're in the top three in the league, uh, 160 a game and some change. And uh, whether it's been Patterson, Caleb Huntley, or Tyler Algier, they've been able to run the ball on everybody. 
So you can build your offense around that moving forward. It's a different style running game with the outside zone than uh, the power that they ran in Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, that's something that uh, they could be commended for. That's a building block that should not change. And then, you know, you got to add the passing game in there uh, as you move forward. So Renaissance man we're talking to, folks, teacher, educator, bon vivant around town. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter joining yeah. Sam and Greg, Sports yeah, Radio 92.9 yeah, yeah, The yeah, Game, yeah, yeah. 92.9 The bringing out another conversation that Sam and I have had lately, and that is this. We'll make it real simple. When you talk about the draft, if not a quarterback right out of the chute, who needs more help? Is it Desmond and what's going on on the offensive side, or is it Grady and what's going on on the defensive side? Where would you concentrate in this upcoming draft? Yeah, um, Greg, and, and, you know, remember the order. Uh, the free agency comes before the draft, so that'll tell us which way they're going. But, um, you know, the defense is, is in the lower half of the league in every every stat. So they need a lot of help over there in the trenches. Uh, Grady needs a push, a push up the middle. We'll uh, fix a lot of things, you know, the pass rush on the outside, uh, the coverage on the back end. You probably need a cornerback. Um, you know, Casey Hayward going down really hurt them over there this year. So I'm thinking defense will be where they'll go in free agency and then fill in in the draft uh, what they don't get in free agency. You talked about a building block you saw for this team going forward, and I think that's what I watched for for this team this year. What did we see that we hadn't ordinarily seen? And we've seen some great things with special teams this season. We've seen some consistency with the run game. Um, saw some sacks, not nearly as many as we needed to see this season. But what other building block do you see that's in place going forward? Because to me, that's what this season was really all about. Yeah, it's a rebuild, and they didn't want to call it that, but it is. And what you saw um, on the defensive side of the ball is you got some young players that look like they're going to be able to help you. Uh, Arnold Evacati, um, you know, he had a period there where he was, uh, uh, you know, playing – as best as anybody uh, on the team. Uh, linebacker Troy Anderson, he's been starting lately. He looks like he's going to be a keeper. Uh, and they really think D'Angelo Malone uh, gets uh, about 10 more pounds on him because he's a mean, tough football player from Cedar Grove High. Uh, they believe D'Angelo's going to be a good player for him also. So uh, that's three really good players out of this draft, um, you know, to move forward with. Uh, you know, for, and you already mentioned London. So that's your first, your two seconds, and one of the thirds uh, that are uh, definitely going to be able to help you moving forward. Yeah. Uh, playing the Cardinals today, and I got to ask you, because you mentioned earlier about J.J. Watt and um, saying that his career is coming to an end. I don't know how much we'll get to see him play today. What do you, wh- wh- where do you place him uh, as, far as, his, uh, as far as his career? Has he put enough to – to uh, be, be a Hall of Fame. Oh, he's Hall of Fame, yeah. Well, I, I'm asking D. Led, okay, man. I shut up. Okay, and that um, <laughs> just the guy he's been on the field, but also the citizen that he's been off the field. Just talk a little bit about this guy. Yeah, um, JJ is. Uh, um, you know, it's, I don't automatically throw the guys in because you got to look at who's up there right now. Um, and, and but yeah, I would. My first inclination is yeah, he's uh, he's going in. Uh, but, you know, there are a bunch of guys at uh, defensive end right now that are not in. Uh, Jared Allen, DeMarcus Ware, uh, Atlanta's own John Abraham, who has 133 sacks. 
uh, and it's not been making a, getting a lot of traction with the committee. Uh, so, so yeah, and, and JJ's only got 111 sacks. So, uh, where and and then Freeney's going coming in there this year. And we got Atlanta's Robert Mathis sitting there. So some of those guys we got to get in uh, and clear the clear the path for Watt, uh, or he's going to jump over some of them. So uh, that's where I got him at. I think he's I think he's going in. But I mean, I see the I see the backlog of rushers, and even John Abraham's not even getting a lot of traction right now, and so we got to work on that. But uh, yeah, Jared Allen's on there, uh, Dwight Freeney. The list will come out pretty soon. Uh, but I'm going off of last year's list of uh, the finalists at outside linebacker, defensive end, pass rusher, you know, defensive destroyer, which is what JJ Watts been doing <laughs> for the last ten years. Uh, but yeah, he's to be commended for a fine career, and I think he'll be um, wearing a gold jacket there in the future uh, in Canton, Ohio. As we leave you here, I want to get your thoughts on something because we're still trying to figure out what the identity is uh, of this Falcons team under Arthur Smith, and it may take a minute. As you said, it's a rebuilding year, but I want to ask you a question about a guy. We are acknowledging the passing one year on this date of Dan Reeves. You covered him. When we think back to his time as coach of this team and your experiences with him, what would you say about your time with Dan Reeves? Uh, coach Dan was the uh, consummate professional. He uh, really um, was helpful to the media throughout his, throughout his time in the National Football League and even after when he was uh, commentating and so forth. Uh, really made it easy for you to do your job and get information on the team out to the fans and so forth. I know he took my calls uh, uh, all the time, whether he was uh, he had to get back to me when he got off the golf course. He always got back to me. Uh, and so I was really, um, you know, happy to be able to attend his uh, homegoing ceremony and write the story uh, on him uh, passing away. He's another uh, person who's done a lot for the uh, National Football League and uh, should be in consideration uh, for the Hall of Fame also. He should have been in already, but that's another story. But, yeah, great guy, consummate professional, and uh, was definitely media friendly. And I'll throw this in from the high school's perspective. He deserves, also deserves a spot in the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame for playing those years down in Americas. We're going to work on that, too. d led we appreciate you getting up this extra early to start the new year with us, man. A happy new year to you and yours and the family. I heard from one of our lawyer fraternity brothers say, hey, man, you know, you got all the cues listening this morning because you got D-Led on. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on with us, man. Let's see if the Falcons can get a win today. Thank you, D-Led. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a great one. All right. Yeah, man, I wanted I wanted to get his thoughts on that because, yeah, one year. It was yeah. just beginning last year, man. Uh, like I said, we got to get him in the high school Hall of Fame. Well, let's talk about a little bit of that as we get ready to exit. We're going to have the two guys, the two two guys saying fantasy, uh, coming up top open. of the hour. <laughs> we don't know that. Have you seen Brian one, yet? One eye open, man. <laughs> Sam and Greg. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. And it's hard to say. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. Happy New Year, everybody. It's January 1st, first day of 2023. 
Be sure to change your checks. Remember we used to say that all the time? You don't even say that no more. No. no. <laughs> Ain't nobody writing checks. But that was like the thing. That was the joke on January 1st. Yep. You know, it just, one of those things that just kind of goes away. Anyway, um, we played that coming back for for reasons, a little bit of a heavy heart. Those of you that got got their albums. Um, Sam, you actually alerted me to this today. You've been you've been filling me in the last couple of days. I have been so preoccupied with other stuff. Two very very prominent passings slipped through the cracks. Yesterday was Barbara Walters. I didn't even know until yep. we got to work, and then you greet me with this this morning. Yep. Yesterday was Pope Benedict. Yesterday, and then uh, right. today uh, Anita Pointer of the Pointer Sisters uh, passing away at age seventy four. And um, of course, there were four sisters originally, and then right. three. Uh, and so only one surviving one is now Ruth, as Bonnie and June have passed away as well. A lot of history they made. They were the first African-American group to perform in the Grand Ole Opry. A lot of people forget. I believe they, that, yeah. They were, they were kind of musical chameleons, if you will. And they, they weren't just an R&B group as sisters. You think like the emotions. Well, the emotions were sisters. Right. But you think their music was all strictly R&B. And Pointer Sisters were a little bit all over the place. Remember, Fairy Tale was a country song. You know, I mean, so you they, made your movie. They took a page from what? What was the brother's name? Uh, well, Ray Charles too, because he had a country hit. Yeah, um, right, um, right. Um, uh, what was that guy's Charlie name? Charlie Pride. Charlie Pride. There you go. Yeah, Charlie Pride. Took a pride. It's like, like, make your money where you can. Well, it's kind of like what what Lionel Richie did, right? You don't want to be. There you go. You don't want to be. But as women now, as as, as African American women. They said, we don't want to be pigeonholed either. We want to, you know, do different things and movie soundtracks. The song you just heard that is what, 48 Hours, right? Neutron right. Dance. So um, they managed to, to cover a lot of different things. And, of course, their roots were in the church. Their fathers administered Oakland, California. So, uh, you know, Anita Pointer passing away today. They, were, they, were, they weren't connected by the church, but there was always this connection between these two groups, the Pointer Sisters and the Bee Gees. In that there were four brothers and one broke away, and Andy Gibb. Yeah. And three of the brothers stayed in, you know, were the group. Same thing happened with the Pointer Sisters, where there yeah. were four of them and one broke away. Yeah, but Bonnie broke away to do her own thing, and the other three uh, continued on and just made hit after hit after. My goodness, during the 80s, they were, they were Please. like, on, yep. they, were, they, were, they were on the radio constantly. Um, so just, just some uh, memories of that this morning. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It has been Georgia heavy this morning. We've been talking, obviously, about their comeback victory last night, headed to the national championship game against TCU, talking a little bit about uh, Michigan and what they didn't do to TCU. But listen, that's what that game is for. And we talk about it in uh, not only the college level, but also on the pro level, where sometimes, man, it's that semifinal game. It's that game that gets you to the big game that's a lot more exciting than the actual whether it's Super Bowl, National Championship, whatever it is. When you got one, it's a one-and-done game. And and whew, it was cl- – I mean, th- both games were exciting. It wasn't a blowout. No. But you expected Michigan to do more yesterday. They came back, and they made it close toward the end. So that was a good game if you were just watching, and you weren't in my house. And the second game was what it was. By the way, if we got any reports from anybody, uh, Eric, anybody called in that was in the mix last night at midnight downtown after the game ended in the streets <laughs> doing something? Did we did we hear from anybody? I guess that would be a no. We haven't heard from Eric, so I guess no dopey millennials or whatever. But. Dopey millennials. 
Nah, haven't heard from him. We got Abe coming in here a little Dope, bit and still. Dope millennials may, may be unconscious right now. <laughs> well, one of them, but we, we're still waiting to find out if Brian actually made it in the station. Well, no Brian yet. Now, Caleb, uh-huh. one half of Dope Millennials, him and Dylan were on air last night while that game was going uh, on. So okay. I'll give him a pass. Uh, Abe is ready to join us here in, in a few minutes. We have not seen Brian yet, but Abe has no <laughs> doubt that his partner is, is, is going to make his presence in the building as he's listening too. right now. I do, too, because that's Brian. Brian's, like I said, Brian, if, if there was a designated driver for the station, he would be my first choice. He just would be. And, yeah, and yeah. so uh, I, I have full confidence, unless he just, you know, can't get out of his neighborhood. Because somebody pulled a tree down. Uh, anyway, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Listen, we haven't talked about anything else but this these two matchups from yesterday. We did dip our toe a little bit into the pettiness that came out of Nick Saban at their postgame, um, uh, I won't say news conference, not the news conference so much, but comments after the game when they got the trophy for um, – for beating Kansas State in in that bowl. And he took shots at the guys who left. Other than that, it's preparation for next week. So, again, I I ask you, Sam, just from where we sit right now, is TCU going to play out of their shoes again and give Georgia a matchup? Or do you feel like Georgia had their test yesterday? Who says TCU's out of their shoes? I do. I think they played out of their shoes yesterday. You think so? I I do. Well, given the team they went up against. They won all season long. They won all season long. And now we're going to say they're playing out of their shoes. Because we've seen what Michigan can do. We saw what they did to the team that took took Georgia to, to the last few seconds of the game. Okay? So we know what they can do. And for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And had that happened, listen, the game started off going the way you thought it was going to go. The guy took off for some 70-yard run or however long it was. And you go, oh, here we go, running game. I mean, this is, a, this, is a, this is a team that lost their Heisman Trophy nominee or candidate, and the running game didn't miss a beat. But then afterwards, that, you, it was like Harbaugh was coaching with one hand behind his back and the play calling and all of that. Was, uh, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm just, it was just disappointing. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, for me – TCU took advantage and played out of the shoes. That's the analogy I'm using. One thing to watch for, one thing to watch for, though. Stroud showed that a quarterback could come out and run some, and maybe Georgia, I'm sure, will scheme and plan uh, for the quarterback out of TCU because he does run on purpose. You know what I mean? So it's not like, okay. you know, oh, oh we got to open it. I think I'll pick up some yards. That's part of his game. And so we, we're watching for that. We talked about other stuff that's happened. We didn't talk about NBA Hawks obviously taking this Western Coast West Coast road trip and all the games will be here on Sports Radio 929 the game starting tomorrow night at Golden State. Um, so we'll see what happens. We talked about hopefully this will be a good bonding trip for this team. They played well in their last two games, but two losses against Brooklyn and the Lakers. Um, we'll see what happens with them. Obviously they'll be back home for the eleventh and they'll be back home for Monday for the King Holiday game. But the Hawks gonna be on the road for a good bit of this uh, the for early part of this uh, new year. Let's see what happens uh, with that. One other high school note to pass along, uh, folks, GHSA, uh, what we got yesterday, talk, talked about uh, instant replay. In case you missed this yesterday, January 11th, they will meet to talk about instant replay, and everybody talks about that uh, play that went viral from the state championship game um, and see what can come about it. It seems like it will be considered um, for, you know, in, as an experiment with Corky Kale games to kick off the season with an attempt to have it implemented 
for the championship games. The regular season, we're not touching because everybody doesn't have the equipment to do that. But if you're going to play the game, like I said, it made sense to me. You're going to play the games in the facility with the capabilities. Give it over to the officials and let them be able to use it to get the calls correct for the teams who fought so hard to get to that game. They do it in Alabama. How Alabama get to do something ahead of us? How, how the heck? Um, you know what yeah, I mean. You know, we've so got more great, spotlight great. on us. That's what happens when I, you're big. When you're bigger than some of these other folks. I don't know. The but, little but, the little uh, brother gets to sneak in the, the back gate quicker than the, the big brother. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> As the show winds down, it's time for us to cover some of the things we haven't yet as we flush out some of the small stories we may have missed with Sam and Greg. Oh, it's time for the insignificant information. Hey, Sam, did you know, and I know you're a fan of this movie, the last gladiator competition took place on this day in Rome. If I had you to guess the date that it was, would you be able to? The last gladiator competition in Rome. We see the Colosseum and, you know, what it looks like now. Yeah. It, it was it, literally it, the year of our area code. Oh, <laughs> it was. Really, really? It was 404. Oh, 404. Ireland, wow. jo- Ireland joined Great Britain on this day, making the United Kingdom. Uh, the reopening of the White House took place on this day. Uh, 1818, the first recorded bowling match happened. On this day, Sam, at Knickerbocker Lanes, or alleys, <laughs> in New York. Uh, in all seriousness, of course, you know, it's January 1st, New Year. you got to think about this. The Emancipation Proclamation by Lincoln went into effect, 1863, on this date. Uh, New York City annexed the Bronx on this date. The first Rose Parade, which became the Tournament of Roses, happened 1890 on this date. Ellis Island also opened on this date. Those are the folks who screwed around with uh, Vito Corleone's name and messed it up. It should be Vito Andolini, but they did that there. Um, 1897, the first college football game between black colleges. Didn't say HBCU. It was written black colleges then. Atlanta U beat Tuskegee, which we now know. And it was 10 to nothing. Happened on this day, 1897. And on this day, 1919, Edsel Ford, Edsel Ford took over for his pop, Henry Ford. And almost ruined the company by building a car with his name on it. Because that was, whoa, 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 whoa. didn't he? Didn't they almost? That yeah. was like a, a laughing stock. The Edsel birthdays yeah. on this day: Paul Revere, Betsy Ross, J. Edgar Hoover. We mentioned Hank Greenberg earlier. Did you ever read in school Catcher in the Rye? Did you have to read that? You know, required reading in school. I had that, that in high school. Like, Did you have that? Yeah, one? like freshman year or something. J.D. Salinger birthday. Okay. Rocky Graziano. Not Marciano, mm-hmm. Graziano. Yeah, Graziano. This one's for you, Milt Jackson. Ooh. Milt Jackson's birthday yeah, has been today. Yeah. Uh, when you think of great vibe players, I always think That's of Lionel it. Hampton first, right, who gave a right. young trumpet player named Quincy Jones his start, but Milt Jackson was a vibe player. Doak Walker, birthday today. Grandmaster Flash, Ooh. birthday today. Rest in peace, Derek Thomas. Would have been his birthday today. And we lost some folks on this day, man. Hank Williams Jr., Cesar Romero, we lost him, great actor. You say, eh, maybe Batman, but no, check out Ocean's Eleven, the original. He was great in that movie. Shirley Chisholm, first yeah. black congressman, woman, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, also, Ellie May, we lost on this day. We lost Ellie May and Mario Cuomo on the same day. Man. Donna Douglas in 2015. And uh, Don Larson and David Stern on 2020. Ooh. 
We lost on this day. Talked about Dan Reeves earlier just a year ago. Lost on this day. Anyway, before we turn things over to uh, two guys saying fantasy, we like to have a little conversation about, you know, just what their guys are thinking about. Some of the stuff that they would like to talk about sports-wise because their whole show is about fantasy football. So anything you guys want to spread your wings about other than, first of all, letting us know how you enjoy the games yesterday. Well, I mean, Greg, that's the only thing to talk about right it's now. Brian! It's Brian! He's the, here! It's the only thing to talk about. Hey, I'm always he's, here. About he's here! 745, you expect me to be here. I'll always be ready to go. That's what I thought. We'll, always we'll show both. up when it counts, much like the dogs last night, you know? <laughs> fourth quarter, 18-3. Stetson Bennett, go check out those fourth quarter stats from the three uh, semifinal games and tell me he isn't good in big games, so... What a uh, what a night! What an experience last night! What a, where were you? What where a were you? Game. Where oh, were you at? Press That's bo- what we want to know. Press box. There? I covered it there? for the station. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, where yeah. were you afterwards? Did you go out? Did you come out with the crowd afterwards? Oh no no no! We uh, we went in the locker room. We talked to the players. We were hanging out with Kirby. Kirby was taking a nap during the press conference, which was hilarious. <laughs> he had like one of those little uh, dad power naps. Where he Are was you just kidding? Sitting well, he, I mean, he looked ex- – I hadn't seen him look this exhausted after any game covering this team for the last six years or so. So, um, But just a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, Ohio State had Georgia beat, uh, you know, a couple different times in that ball game last night. So it was just amazing that they were able to hang in there. And we had talked about it a little bit. I mean, I thought Georgia was going to pull away in that game. It was Ohio State that had the chance to pull away a couple different times. But it was truly a – it was a heavyweight fight, and, and Georgia hung in there to the very, very last moment and uh, was able to pull it out. But what what an amazing night and experience. And for it to be, I'm sure you guys have seen the thing where it's synced up in time to exactly at midnight, which is pretty incredible. Um, there's one with all the different radio calls and, and all of that. But, uh, yeah, uh, wow. hell of a night last night. And uh, Happy New Year to you guys. Yeah, to you too. And let's uh, yeah, your partners. You, I take it your partners in the studio too. Want to welcome them back from vacation? Is, uh, is, is Abe well, with us? Well, yeah, I've got. To, uh, well, which which one on vacation? Abe's Abe's off the boat. He's here. It's uh, yeah, it's myself, <laughs> myself and Abe today. Bo's Bo's on a boat himself. I think uh, down in Florida. But uh, yeah, Abe. Now is this a boat actually, or did you get, or did you take a cruise? Abe? This was a cruise ship. It was it was okay, a full so it's fledged a cru- ship. Yeah. It's a ship. Lido deck I, and all. Having worked on a on a ship, you always tell the passengers. It's a ship, not a boat. The yeah, they care about that. I don't the, understand why that Well, matters. I tell you why, because matter. the boat's the thing you look for when the ship starts to go down. I guess. I just look for another <laughs> ship. <laughs> well, I look for yeah. land. I don't know. I'm a good swimmer. How was it, man? What are your thoughts on what you saw last night? Boy, I, you know, th- this proves what I was saying all along right. Ohio State was always the second best team in the country. And they lost the game to Michigan, and that's fine. But I, I was more surprised, I think, by what happened in the Michigan-TCU game mm-hmm. than I was in Ohio State. I-, I thought this was a bad matchup. And I know you and Sam were just talking a moment ago about uh, you know how TCU can play against Georgia. I, I think that's a bad matchup for TCU, a-, a team that is probably better off running the ball. Ohio State had the weakness for UGA ready to go, right? The pass defense, uh, especially the secondary. And we saw that uh, up until uh, C.J. Stroud almost got Marvin Harrison killed uh, at the back of the end zone. Probably changed the outcome of that game, to be honest. And so I I, I thought that was always a possibility, uh, what we saw last night with with the Ohio State passing game. And, boy, you guys talked about this too, but C.J. Stroud might be sitting there somewhere in the draft, and Falcons might be sitting there too. They might be. Yeah, yeah. Might be. Don't screw that up with a couple wins down yeah, the stretch here, Falcons. <laughs> Don't even get me started on David Blaw talk uh, starting today and costing us uh, C.J. Stroud in the future. And no DeAndre Hopkins, which we'll, of course, get to on Two Dudes Same Fantasy coming up 
in just a couple minutes from now. But again, happy new year to you guys as well. It's been great doing this all season long, uh, you know, following you guys, the great lead in that is Sam and Greg on Sunday morning and appreciate Eric, uh, what he's been doing all year for both shows as well. And are you going out to SoFi? Mm-hmm. We may or may not have booked the flight a couple days ago. So that, uh, ah, that, congrats, that man. missed that missed field goal at the end was big for just the bank account in general. <laughs> I think. <laughs> all right. Hey, just to remind you guys, two, uh, two guys, same fantasy that joining us, but remember Sam and I will be with you tomorrow morning, right? Mr. Crenshaw, you're going to be there, right? Absolutely. We'll be tomorrow, 6 to 10 tomorrow morning. Greg and I will wake you up on January 2nd, so be in. Join us. Eric, thank you for everything. Happy New Year, everybody. Make it a safe one. Enjoy the rest of your day and the NFL matchups today. It's Sam and Greg. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.